Welcome to VidFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VidFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullino. For information about VidFriends, classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.vidfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at vitfriends.org. Friends podcasts are now sponsored by My Bitter Lego Team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. On today's show, I'd like to welcome Tanya. Welcome, Tanya. How are you? Thank you, uh, Mark. I'm doing well. Thank good, you good. for asking. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So before we get into our conversation, can you please tell us your full name and where you're from? Okay, so my name is Tanya LeJune Fortune, and I was born in Philadelphia, raised around that area in New York when I was younger. And then when I got in high school, um, I moved to Maryland, and that's where I lived until I went into the military. So, yeah, I traveled some. (laughs) So where are you currently? I'm currently in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Awesome, Um, awesome. Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Right outside of the big army, one of the largest army installations, Fort Bragg. Awesome. So let's let's talk about that a little bit uh, before we get into our vitiligo discussion. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your military experience? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I went into the military right out of high school. I um, I was into the communications equipment operator sort of like a relay operator, uh, radio operator. And I trained for that. And then I immediately from Georgia, I was trained in Georgia. I went straight to overseas because normally when you finish your basic training in AIT, you go into, um, you go to your duty station. So your permanent duty station. So that's where I was. And I was in Germany and I, uh, got the, um, had the pleasure of traveling um, top to bottom, actually, in Europe. I, I did that, and I'll tell you a little bit how that got to how I came to be. Um, also, different places like Paris, and um, I went to Holland. Um, I was uh, in Austria, which is wow. it's a part of the European country. Um, some people may have heard of it and some not, but it, right. it's there. And then, uh, let me see, Italy. Yeah. And I was in Italy for a while. So I, um, and the reason why I got a chance, because I actually did a two-year tour over there. And the reason why I got a chance to travel, uh, for one thing, that was my number one thing. I took advantage of my time being over there to travel. Besides going to school, I did start school um, a little bit. Uh, with going, um, starting my freshman uh, year in college at University of Maryland. But then I also, I like to do a lot of things. (laughs) So I also, I love to sing. So I was being nosy one day at the rec center because I like to shoot pool. And this uh, um, band called Devotion, they saw me, they saw me, I kept checking them out. And they lured me in there. And so when I got in there, um, one of the lead singers, she was like, uh, come on up. Well, actually, the band leader said, come on up. And then she and I um, started singing. 
And then the other guy in the middle, he started singing. So we um, became number one uh, um, group over there. At oh, that wow. time, they had a, a real big contest and we became the number one um, group, you know, out that won. So we got to travel top to bottom and, and perform at all the different army installations in um, Europe. So that was that was fabulous. Awesome. <laughs> that was exciting. All, all expenses paid. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, those some of those experiences that, you know, we don't hear about with the military. You know, sometimes when we hear about the military, it's always about warfare. You know, that's true. And this is a, a different type of story. You know, we're hearing about you traveling and being able to go to different installations and mm -hmm. um, sing and perform. You know, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, that was the good part about it. <laughs> right, <laughs> I right, mean, that absolutely. was that was one of the better parts. Right. But, but actually, um, overall, I had a very good tour, and I had a a very um, I had a very good experience in the military. Uh, one of the things, though, that I will say that wasn't so good, um, which I thought was the reason why it contributed to the vitiligo that I have, is that I got sunburned um, really bad. Um, I got sun poisoned later. Um, it was like I didn't understand why the sun didn't like me. <laughs> right. But it was, um, I think, you know, I just had really, really sensitive skin and um, for one thing, and then I didn't understand the dangers of sun being exposed to the sun like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about vitiligo. You know, mm -hmm. when did your vitiligo start? And, and obviously you mentioned military. So I would assume mm -hmm. it started while you were in your mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. military tour duty. Um, right. So let's talk about your vitiligo. Right. So actually, it, I didn't see any signs of it when I was in Europe. You know, it, it, it gets warm over there, but it's not like over here in the States, you know, um, right. at least the parts that I was in. Um, it doesn't get like that. The sun. And, and then, too, I like to play tennis and stuff like that. I was always active. So I did that on the side when I was um, in Texas. And um that's when I, you know, when you're out there playing, it's hot and everything. And then I didn't realize it. But when I went back to the barracks, because I was single still, and me and my friend went back and uh, I jumped, you know, in the shower and I started screaming and hollering. And she was like, what's going on in there? And I was like, oh, my God. And then I looked in the mirror and I saw all these big monstrous blisters popped mm. up on me. And I was wow. like, oh, my God. I was like you know and so you know i was really really scared and then um later on i went to go get checked out and uh well you know i just got treated for it and then um then later on i just started seeing little signs of stuff and the way that my vitiligo started in, on my body see the actual white patches was up underneath my arms and um yeah and then um when i was in because when i left out of the active duty army uh from texas i came home to maryland and i started i still stayed in to the reserves so when i was in the reserves i was going back and forth every uh, weekend out of a month and then you do two weeks in the summer and that's what you do when you're in the reserve part-time or national guard 
so um i did that um i was um i i was married not the first year but then i got married and moved down here but i had started already having signs of this vitiligo and then it got worse because i had a stressful had some stressful very stressful situations coming down right. here i was in the national guard but also stressful situations on top of what um i had already had stress before um and to back it up i i did have some stressful times uh with some training and stuff in the military um it was i was exposed to a lot of sun again and um i don't know i just don't know i i think that the stress really does bring on um things and it, it could make it worse um if right, right. yeah yeah so that's how i felt like this is you know very stressful for me and um and i i just uh yeah it, it was just yeah. pers personal stress up stress <laughs> you right, know right. yeah with my relationship and stuff and so i um didn't do too well and i tried to get help yeah, I was getting treatment. I don't know how far you want me to go with all this first before you ask me another question. Go on well, or? We lost signal for a minute, but we're going to keep going. Um, I do have a, a statement and a question. Um, with uh, I met with um, Dr. Alan Mask in Raleigh here, um, and we had a conversation, and he mentioned stress. He said, you know, stress will do a lot of different things to the body, and he said you have to be very careful with it. He said, yes, eczema vitiligo um sometimes acne and other things it can happen he said you know you, you don't think about the internal things that happen to your body when you're stressing and you know and i asked him the question i said well do you think vitiligo is stress related he said for some people yes mm -hmm. now often i i think about it and i don't know how much research has been done on it is there a genetic a, a gene that exists inside of us that lays dormant until that stress factor hits, then it comes out. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I, I that's one of those things I think about. I'm mm -hmm. Like, wow. So, is it something that exists in every person in this world, or just some people? And it mm -hmm. comes out only in some people. I, right. I don't know. I'm not a scientist or researcher, but it's something I think about often. You know, mm -hmm. um, in in dealing with your vitiligo, um, before we get to treatments, how did it affect you? How did it? make you feel you know seeing your body change seeing that the spots are coming in frequently well at first i like i said i saw it underneath my arms so like people normally don't see underneath your arms unless you're right. wearing a certain shirt or you're raising your arms up and i was like what is this and then i was like oh you know what i'm not gonna let it worry me but then it i but I didn't like the fact it was kind of like a rash and it kind of like something was kind of oozing out or something at first. And I was like, what is all of this sweat, you know? So I right. had to get that treated and I found out that deodorant was um, something, uh, the certain deodorant I was using was very, was aggravating it to no end. The dermatologist said that. But then the white patches, I was trying to figure out what is that? You know, why is that? staying like that well to be honest at first i just kind of ignored it i kind of kept trying to ignore it because i said well if it doesn't spread anywhere else i'm not gonna make a big deal about it right away right. as long as i didn't have that other stuff the rash and 
oozing of you know Absolutely. my skin you know stickiness and all that stuff like that all of that aggravates oh my goodness so i um so i just let that um those patches you know just you know i'm just like hoping and praying that they would go away well they did not go away and what happened one morning i woke up and i saw a patch on my face well that was it mm. when i saw the patch on my face that's when i got serious i was like what is this on my face i was like no 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 i cannot do this oh my god i said please 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 take this away take this away this is not good and, no. and then um yeah because i was like it's it's really odd just to pop up like that and then right. um so i started getting real serious about my visits to the dermatologist and i went to a specialist um outside of fayetteville and he had more knowledge and he was like one of the best in this area and so he started giving me cortisone treatments and so they were shots and i was like that's going to help me and he said it could he could really slow it down uh, and yeah. sure and sure enough it did it really did because like for like i guess maybe a year and a half or whatever i didn't see anything else appearing and i was like wow i was like this is this is working. So we were talking about, um, you mentioned treatments before. So what are some of the treatments that you use for your vitiligo and how did they work for you? Okay, so um, I mentioned that I had gotten cortisone shots. Then um, also at that time, he was having me to apply a cream and... I believe that was the protopic, the protopic mm -hmm. that I was trying. Um, and then I would, um, he would tell me that I could sit out in the sun some, because I would go work out and they had a area out there where you could sit out in the sun. And I was like, really, sun? And then he was like, yeah, because the cream on the spots is going to help it, but don't sit out long. That's what right. he said. Definitely don't sit out long like I had done in the past. Been out in the sun really long. So um, he was saying just sit out there for like 15, 20 minutes, something like that at a time, I think it was. Um, and I tried it. I didn't have much success with the cream. I didn't um, either. No? Okay. I, I tried it and it was like putting on lotion and that was mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then recently, too, again, I've tried, you know, the cream. Um, since I go to the BA, I'm able to go to the dermatologist and get treatments. And still, it's not doing anything. There was two different types of cream. The Protopic now, it actually burns me mm. it actually it it is it, wow. i mean excruciating pain when if i let water hit my body with that stuff on oh my goodness oh wow yeah it's terrible yeah and you know, um the other one is clobetasone clobet clobetasone something like that clobetasone some, i'm trying to remember <laughs> clobetas cl clobetasone something like that but that one doesn't burn but okay Still not doing much. And, you know, I, I have I have mixed thoughts about treatments. And, um, and I mentioned before in some um, 
focus groups I've, I've been a part of that, you know, I feel like what will work is a cure and not a treatment because we treat it, we mm. treat it, we treat it, mm -hmm. but then it works a while. Then you have to stop the treatment because of other side effects and things that could happen. Mm -hmm. And then when you stop it, for some people, it come back, it comes back stronger. You know, they get more spots quicker and it spreads faster. Some people, maybe not. Some people, mm -hmm. they, they're okay. Mm -hmm. But I, I just, in my mindset, you know, I, I think I would rather have a cure than just a treatment. I don't, I don't want something right. I'm just going to have to use for the rest of my life. I want something that's going to work. And maybe within a three months time or even up to six months, it's cured and I'm, I'm right. no more. Right. Um, and I'm praying and hoping that's what we get to, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with that. So with, with vitiligo, beyond the treatments, you know, we deal with, you know, so many different issues with having vitiligo, whether it's mm -hmm. emotional, whether it's spiritual, mm -hmm. whether it's physical. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some of the things that you went through as you mm -hmm. started, you know, transitioning? That's how I'm gonna call it, transitioning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there were a couple of times I was in stores. Uh, I remember on two separate occasions, um, and it doesn't even matter about the race because the first one was African American woman. She and I think something was going on with her, but you know, besides her looking at my skin, but she was freaking out, like uh moving away from me in right. store and um I I didn't pay I tried to pay not not pay attention to her at first, but then she was making a big deal about it. She started verbally saying stuff and I was oh, like, wow. you know, yeah, and I was like she was like, ooh, ooh, don't get no closer. Don't get any closer. And I said, I'm not trying to get close to you. And then she just kept on like, and then she got really loud. And, you know, people were looking at her. They weren't saying anything to me, you know, or acting any like her. But they were like looking like, why is she acting like that to her? So that was one incident. And then um, another one was. I was in the checkout counter and it actually made the cashier upset because the lady looked at me and she backed up and she said, what is that on your skin? And I was like, um, it's just where my skin tone color is changing. Right. And she, and she was like, Oh my God, that is so. And then the, the I didn't know the cashier was getting upset because she was saying that is so awful. You should, you know, and just kept going on and right. on. And I said, I'm not going to touch you. I said, you cannot catch this by standing next to me. Right. I said, this is something you just need to get educated on. But she was like really acting like she didn't want to hear what I was saying and that she didn't understand. And then the cashier told her, she said, you're not going to treat that lady like that just because she looks differently than what right. you, you know, you haven't seen anybody you know, with the patches like that, you, you know, and she just went off on a lady and I told her, no, no worries. Don't, don't get, don't get upset with her. You know, she doesn't understand. And then um, anyway, she gave me a really big discount at the end, you know, because she was trying to make me right. feel better. And I told her I had had someone treat me like that before. And um, I said, but you never know, you know, when right. somebody's going to do that. Um other people just stare, you right. know, they would stare at me. And then um, 
you know, it would bother me some. It would, um, but I think the most, the the part that bothered me the most about vitiligo was my own way that I looked at myself. When I looked in the mirror, when it was beginning, I was like, you know, I really don't want this, this, you know, my, my skin tone to change. And then it actually made me appreciate, which I took for granted all my life, my skin tone. Right. And I was like, you know, because I have had, and, and, and this is not to be vain or anything like that. It's nothing like that. You know, before my skin tone changed, I had a couple of people on occasion say, you know, you have the most beautiful skin. Right, and I right. and I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I know. I wouldn't say nothing like that. I would just look at them like, oh, thank you. Right, but I absolutely. wouldn't have, I didn't really, I was actually puzzled because I was like, doesn't everybody have, you know, like, right. every, yeah, I was like, don't everybody's <laughs> skin saying, look all right. right? You know, if they, they wear something nice, then shouldn't their skin look nice? You know, but I didn't pay attention. But right. like I said, going back to when vitiligo came, it was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't take it, <laughs> you know, to take more notice about right. how how nice my skin was. <laughs> wow. And, and, yeah. And, you know, the, the biggest issue I think we have in our community is education mm-hmm. and educating other people about our condition and also educating ourselves. Because I think we we know about the treatments, we know about the effects of it, but I think a lot of it, we have to educate ourselves how to love who we are as people and not always love the skin, but love who we are, you know, exactly. inside. Mm-hmm. And, and that's hard. And I say that because, you know, for a while it was, you know, I'm looking at my skin, I'm focused on my skin, my skin, mm-hmm. my skin, my skin. And I've had coworkers say, you don't see what we see in you. And you're looking at your skin, but we're looking beyond that. And I had I had to really do a self-examination and say, you know, you're right. It's not about what we look on the outside mm-hmm. or what we look like on the outside. It's about who we are on the inside. That's right. where beauty comes in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have some situations, like you mentioned, where there are going to be people who are afraid of us. Um, and it made me think about a situation that just happened to me. And I, I'm in Cary in North Carolina, and I'm walking out of Target, and I'm talking. Now I'm not talking. I'm looking at my phone. I have my phone in my hand, and my hand is visible. And this gentleman was walking up, and he moved to the side, almost in the bushes on the curve. And I'm looking at him like, what is wrong with him? But he's <laughs> looking at me like, like, like I was a creature or something, you know? Yeah. And I just kind of looked at him and shook my head like, you know, it's your ignorance, you know? Right. And That's other people's right. looking at him too. They're looking at him while trying to figure out why is this guy almost standing in the bushes on the curb? What is his problem? Right, right. But I realized, you know, as I started thinking about him when I got in the car, I said, oh, he's looking at my hands. It's my yeah. skin. That's mm-hmm. what bothered him. Mm-hmm. But but I had to think about it. That's not my issue anymore. That's his. Right. That's you know, good. That's his ignorance. Um, and, and I think that's a lot of it, ignorance, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we have to learn how to educate people. That's true. Now, let me ask you about family. As you know, you said you were married at one point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you do have children. So mm-hmm. how how did having vitiligo impact your family at all or even at the time when you were married? 
Well, um, with my husband, it was a situation where, I don't know, it didn't really affect him too much because he was already always gone anyway and going a lot, doing a lot of work, doing a lot of other things. But so um, it, it, you know, it didn't matter here or there. Um, at least he didn't verbalize it anyway. Right, right. And um, with my children, I think, you know, it, my son, he kind of just really, that's his personality. He just kind of like accepted it and I don't even remember him. If he did question me, he didn't really ask a lot. Um, he just wanted me to be happy. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. And then, and then my um, daughter, she's different. You know, girls and boys are different. And so, you know, we had quite a few discussions, you know, about my skin. And she wondered, you know, would she have vitiligo one day when she was younger. Right. I'm not going to have vitiligo like that, mom, you know, and then um, she would get upset when people would stare, when when they would stare when we would be out in, in public and then we would be by ourselves and she's like, I can't stand it when they do that. I don't know. Right. I don't know why they act like that towards you. And then I said, she said, did you see them? I said, no, I didn't even pay attention because I did get to the point where the comment you made is like, it's the beauty that comes. Um, my beauty is inside, not right, on the right. outside. And so when I was able to accept that, too, it does make you look at things in a whole different light as far Absolutely. as people, places, things, everything. You know, God made everything that we enjoy and and everything that is visible for us to Delight, delight ourselves in and, and you know and and as well as people and right. so you know I, I did not I did not see half the times that she would tell me she was upset um, I didn't see the people staring at, like that because I guess I was busy doing whatever we were doing you know right, and I was right. just so like I'm not going to focus on them yeah and I did I got that thing in my head where I would be like I'm not even focusing on people looking at me, you know, because then like it took me a while now. It took me a long time, but I would say in the last, mm, maybe I know it's been well over five years, maybe okay. 10 years. I would just ask people blatant when they would be staring at me. If I would catch them, I would say, hi, how are you today? Right. Is there, and then I'd say, do you have a question for me or do you have some? And then I would look at myself and I say, yeah, I think that's how I'm going to deal with it. I'm going right. to act like to them, I'm going to act like, hey, is there anything I can help you with? Um, you know, how are you doing? And then I would be like, I got so used to doing that that I got, that really was true. That's how I felt. How are you? And and, and is there anything I can do for you today? Right. You know, do you have any questions? <laughs> and they, a lot of them would freeze up. Right, they will. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there were a couple of people that would just say, yes, you know, what happened? And I remember, you know, and it's so ironic how things happen in life. I've done multiple jobs in my life. You know, I've worked different places, different types of positions. And it seems to me like the worse my vitiligo got, the more I was in the front. 
Mm-hmm. And I was yes. like, what is going on? Why I applied for this and I'm going to be in the front where I'm exposed to everybody. So a lot of times I would get to people, I mean, people that really did have the boldness or they just, you know, they really wanted to know. And they would go, they would whisper, they would get up close to me and they say, were you burned? And I said, right. no. So that's not a burn? And I said, no. And then I would tell them what it is. But I, right. I, I kind of appreciated them asking me that. The first time I heard it, I was like stunned, like, what? And then I thought, oh, yeah, that's they could possibly see that, you know. Right, right. Yeah. But I know what a, a third degree burn is because I got burned when I was a baby and I didn't I don't even remember the experience. And it was a third degree burn. And yes, it was very, very bad, ugly, you know, and um, and it was something that, you know, I felt very self-conscious about, too. So, yeah, you know, I know what that look feels like, you right. know, and then on top of that, you know, to have vitiligo. So I told them, no, you know, this is not a burn. This is something that happens in people's body, you know, based on, you know, their, uh, this, the melanin, the melanin leaves their body. And, um, yeah. And, and, and I think that's the start of education right there and awareness. When we talk to people and explain, you no, know, people are curious and we want to mm-hmm. know certain things. But like you said, we're sometimes afraid or we don't know how to ask. But I say, mm-hmm. just ask, mm-hmm. um, give us that opportunity to educate you, you know, if you don't know, or I always say this, here's a simple solution, the age of technology, Google white patches on the skin, vitiligo pops up. All the education you need is right there, but, but also have a conversation with us, find out, you know, that we are human beings, we're people, you know, right. um, and, and we have the same experience and emotions and feelings that everybody else has. So just talk to us, you know, mm-hmm. have that conversation with us. Um, now, I made a statement on Facebook um, last week. And I said, I don't have to like my better idol to love who I am. Mm. You know, and, and I say that because I know we push people to love the vitiligo a lot in our groups. You know, love your vitiligo, embrace your skin. And I'll start thinking about it. I said, you know, I don't have to love this condition. You know, it's That's not good. something that I want. It's not something I asked for. I want my skin to be one solid color, right. but I accept where I'm at in my life. Mm-hmm. I accept that this is a condition I have, but I don't have to like it. And if I could change I like it, that. I would. Mm-hmm. But I love me. Going back to the self-love, you know. Yes, yes. I think that's very important that we emphasize with other members our kids, you know, our teens, you know, the men, men, I'm saying men, because we, we put on big fronts, you know, when a man <laughs> starts to change, you know, we don't want to go to support groups. We don't want help. I'm good. Right. I'm good. I was that man. I don't need a support group. I don't need to talk to anybody. I can handle this on my own. And then I realized I was drowning in my own words. Oh wow! I don't need, I don't need, I don't need. And in reality, I need it. You know, I needed mm-hmm. the support group. Mm-hmm. I needed to see other people that look like me, that have the same experiences. Um, and I think all of us need that. You yes. know, we need to know that there's a community of people out there. Because a lot of times we think we're by ourselves. We think we are alone. Yeah, that's true. I did for a while. 
because I've right. had vitiligo for a while. I've had it for like 35 years now. <laughs> wow. So, yes, I've had it for a while. Yeah, I had it back in, yeah, the 80s. So, yeah, I've been and, dealing with it just, a long time. And just think about the 80s. Although we knew about vitiligo, we didn't know what to call it. Right. Yeah. You just knew that person with the skin. True. Their skin looks different. But we didn't know what to call it. Even in the 90s. And I say that because I know Terrell from our local um, group here. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to call it. I knew Terrell since high school. Mm -hmm. We in, uh, ended up at the same university. But I still didn't know what to call it. Not until I developed vitiligo. Then I knew what to call it because I got the official name. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's vitiligo. That's what Terrell has. I have the right. same thing. You know, now right. I know because it's more education out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're I, right. You don't know and, what it is. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. And, and we and we have to continue to educate each other. Mm -hmm. And even, I would say, our, our grandparents and parents, um, because a lot of times, you know, in the South, you make up things. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Jimmy that has such, 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 such. And you know, make up this whole folklore about this person with vitiligo. And next thing you know, you believe this person with vitiligo is some type of... Um, <laughs> folktale you know it only happens because you know he was he was mean to his daddy and or mean mm. to his mama that's why he has vitiligo mm. so i think we just have to be truthful with mm -hmm. ourselves truthful with our family members our kids as well um and that was one of the questions i received from my ex-wife mm -hmm. no she asked me do i think the kids would get vitiligo and the only thing i could respond to her and, and say is that I don't know. And if they do, we still love them the same. Right. That's all I can say because I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say, oh, no, they'll never get it. And, and it's not in our family. Well, it does run in my family. My mother has mm -hmm. vitiligo. Oh. I, I didn't know it until 20, um, 2020 when mm -hmm. she finally told me it's only on her legs. Okay. So, you know, that's another thing I, I feel like with educating each other. Mm -hmm. That vitiligo doesn't have to be on your face. It doesn't have to be on your hands. It could be right. anywhere on your face. Mm -hmm. You may not ever see it. But if a person comes up to you and says, I understand your journey. I have vitiligo also. Mm -hmm. If you don't see it, trust them. You know, just, just take them for their word. Right. Uh, That's true. Some people can't show their vitiligo ever to the public. You know, mm -hmm. it just depends on where it's located. So we have to be very right. careful. Yeah. In our communities, how we embrace each other, how we address each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I've That's been told, cool. you know, right now for our listeners, we're looking at a camera. I can see you. You can see me. Mm -hmm. But if you see me right now, you would think, oh, he doesn't have vitiligo. I do around my mouth, but I have facial hair, so you can't see it. But right. if I raise my hands, there you can it definitely is. see it. And, right. and, you know, what's interesting and, and we'll get into podcasting in just a second. I was on a uh, meeting um, with some strangers. It, it was uh, a focus group and I was talking and I was doing okay for a minute and I like to talk with my hands and I'm talking, I'm talking and I went like this. And the look on the other people's faces, like like they jumped back like, ooh, what's right. wrong with his hands? Right. And I caught it and I'm like, oh, they weren't ready for that. You know, but <laughs> yeah. I don't have to prepare them for it. I don't have to uh -uh. say, hey, everybody, guess what? Yeah, I have right. a bit of LIGO. I just want right. to warn you. No, right. I'm living yeah. life just like you are. You know, That's true. let's talk about 
podcasting. Um, mm-hmm. This is my podcast with Vit Friends, and you also were into podcasting. Can you tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about that and tell our listeners mm-hmm. about it? Yeah. Well, actually, I kind of got in it uh, simply because of, number one, who I am. I love to help. <laughs> and what happened was I was actually on Facebook one day, and I was actually, prior to meeting uh, the owner and I would say manager of the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. Sharon Frazier. Okay. She, um, she has a very passionate story about the reason why she loves people with vitiligo and, uh, and why she wants that show to be so great. And it's because of a dear friend of hers that passed away mm-hmm. and meant a lot to her. And he had vitiligo and he died with, she said, on his death record saying that he was white instead of mm. African-American. They didn't even, wow. yeah, they didn't even say he was African-American anymore. I guess he, his skin, all of his skin turned white by then. And right. he would ask her that whenever, if anything happened to him, that if she would uh, um, kind of look into or fig- see what, if there was anything that uh, she could do to help people with vitiligo since they were right. so close they became so close so that was really touching but I had met her on Facebook messenger she had put it out there I was actually helping another lady in Africa who had a son that was eight years old and he had vitiligo on his face and he was really dark skinned so the darker you are yes it is going to show up even more because right. you think about white and black I mean those two colors definitely are different you know they stand out when they're together they're beautiful actually when they're together you put together anything is black and white can look really nice but it's just that they're so distinct you know from each other you know different so um he was really dark he's from uh i'm trying to think the part of africa but I cannot think of it right this moment. But anyway, um, his mother was very sweet and she wanted me to encourage her son because at right. school, the teachers were talking about him and they would on the, you know, sit on the side and they were actually making fun of him as teachers mm. now that make fun of the fact that her young man had vitiligo and it right. made her so upset and angry. And um, I told her she had a right to be angry. You know, really, that's your child. And then um, she, um, I, you know, I started talking to her and he started talking. Actually, he he has a lot of confidence in himself. <laughs> and okay. I thought it was so beautiful. And I told her to just listen to what your son says. Y'all are the family. Don't worry about the outsiders right. who are, like you said, ignorant to the fact of what's really going on. And I said, focus on your son. And and, and he has good positive um vibes about himself and and about the vitiligo he's not letting it worry him then that's what you know you focus on and continue to encourage him so that's what I was working on and then here comes Sharon on on my Facebook messenger and she's like hey is there anybody out there that um would like to help me with this vitiligo group so I see it and then when I hop over on her side I'm like hey I said hey what, what's it all about I said I have vitiligo and anyway she's we, me her and two other people that had vitiligo were on the group call and then a group messenger call anyway long story short uh 
I wind up being the one <laughs> she chose wow. to, to do the radio show. I said, look, I don't talk on the radio. I said, <laughs> I don't have any experience with that. And so she said, no worries, I'll teach you. So I did learn, um, you know, how to, to uh, put uh, a uh, pro, you know, like the radio program together. And then I started um, inviting people that I would meet through Facebook and, and that I would have them, you know, to come on as guests. And I know that it was definitely um, a great, uh, it was great timing and it was um, a beautiful uh, show for a while because it was nothing for me to meet different people who had their right. life that were in, um, you know, had done some really great things with their life and are doing some great things with their life still. And I'm like, and she's like, how do you get these people? How do you find these people? I said, I just talk and I meet them and on the Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And they say, yeah, I said, I'll see a video that they'll do. And I'll, I'll, I'll write in something in the chat box and they'll respond. I, right, said, I had a doctor. Yeah. I mean, it was really funny because I was like, I only asked once these people and they were, and, and we had really good, great shows. It was positive. It was educational. Right. Had, you know, doctors that had a doctor on there from Georgia that had a, a lot of information. And, um, and then also um, a guy from Australia who is an autoimmune uh, healing specialist. And he mm. actually, um, knows a lot about he has vitiligo and he also um, knows a lot about treating the body, you know, right. with different foods and different uh, treat uh, ways of naturally treating yourself. So yeah, that's what we used to talk about and to okay. encourage people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important. I, I think all of our podcasts should be about, you know, educating the public and each other, but also supporting and bringing good vibes to people, you know, Mm-hmm. allowing us to share our stories and not not just us but I also feel like you know talking to the general public on our shows to let them know that we are people too I, I emphasize that a lot we're people we're human beings let's have mm-hmm. some human conversations I've mm-hmm. had therapists come on several times because I, I feel like in this pandemic we're dealing with a lot of things not just people with vitiligo but people right so I try to bring on people that I feel like we can get something from that can help mm-hmm. us. Um, I have a friend that does Zumba. She was my show last week. Talk about her journey, her story. She doesn't have vitiligo, but she had other health issues. She had mm-hmm. um, uh, trying to control her weight. She was overweight mm-hmm. and she lost mm-hmm. weight mm-hmm. by doing Zumba. And, and just talk about different ways we can, mm-hmm. you know, support each other as human beings on this planet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've and I had an opportunity to talk to some people from different countries as well. Mm. If I didn't have this podcast, I probably would never have a conversation with them. You know, just yeah. to be honest. Um, and from the podcast itself, people have connected with me from other countries and different parts of our our um, United States. And I'm like, wow, you know, if I didn't talk to these people, they didn't hear the show, I would never have any yeah, connection with them cool. at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like it's important for us to get our information out there any way we can. Yeah. You know, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, mm-hmm. you got people doing it all over the place. Um, That's true. That's true. And, and continue. You know, I know sometimes we get tired. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. 
you know, it's been a long week or a long year. I don't want to podcast. And, and there have been times when I said that. I don't want to do this. I'm tired. Yeah. But then I find I do get energy from talking to people. Yes, you know? that's true. I'll admit that, that would happen to me a couple of times. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, I would get the energy from people. And before we go, um, I, I do want to say thank you for joining us uh, oh, a couple yes. of weeks ago. Uh, but we had our picnic in that was Raleigh. Nice. Yeah, that was we, really nice. It, that was the first time we've met and as a group collectively um, mm -hmm. in over a year because of the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. We were supposed to go to Fayetteville. We were supposed to go to Greensboro. We were supposed to go to Charlotte, end up back in Raleigh. Pandemic happened, shut us down. Right. And it was, it was great to be back. And we're still talking about going to different places because we don't want to just do everything in Raleigh. So we're right. talking about going to Charlotte, Greensboro, Fayetteville. So you, we will meet again. Yes. Um, yes. We are trying to plan something soon. So keep, you know, keep your ears open for that. Now I'll make sure I keep you updated. But it okay. was great to see the family. It was. It was. You I know? enjoyed it so much. I'm so grateful for you, Mark, because honestly, I had been off you know, of the, you know, like not in so much contact with the vitiligo groups since I haven't been doing the podcast and, you know, some other issues come up in life, you know, like life does do that. And, Absolutely. and I had to, had to, um, I just had to back out, back off and just, and regroup and get some things together um, with what I was, what was most important in my family at the time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's but, very um, important. But I will say that um, this is great what you're doing. It's Thank very you. inspiring. Yeah. And I like the fact that you have all these different topics. I'm very, very. Um, yeah, it's, it's I, that's really, really makes me feel good because um, just on one tip, I will share. There was a time when I was just looking at the vitiligo platforms and, you know, the groups and stuff. And I was thinking to myself. Lord, please. And, and this is a personal thing from me. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, please don't let me do this just so that people can see me. Right, I said, I right. don't want um, to be doing podcasts, um, taking pictures, um, you know, and, and all of these things just to show my skin right. because that's not who I am. You know, and then I said, and I, and honestly, I said, I'm praying for the other people, you know, because I think it's beautiful. I think the skin tones and the yes. different ways that the vitiligo shows up on people is so beautiful. But I'm like, I pray that, that we don't get vain with that. Absolutely. Because I, I felt that a sense of that. It was like, okay, so now I can be a model because right, somebody right. approached me um, at work one time when I used to do some, um, third party calling and stuff with, with different um, um, uh, banks and stuff. You know, the guy was next to me. He said, you know, you remind me of that girl. She, you know, she really became famous, mm -hmm. uh, Whitney Harlow. And he said, you know what? That would be great and stuff like that. He said, you, he said, you could do something like that. And then I was like, no, I said, I'm not a model. And then, you know, anyway, I was like, I appreciate the compliment. I said, right. but I'm not, that's not how, I'm going to do it the way God wants me to do it. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to just be like flaunting my skin just because I have different shades and tones right. that someone would find interesting. But I will say this real quick. A lot of younger women 
and um and 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 it's and it really is a lot of African American women. They tell me they say you are so beautiful, and <laughs> and I just have to say this only because truly I get that quite a bit, and I don't even expect it. A lot of times right. it's in a drive-through, um, and I look at them and I say, "Well, thank you," and I say, "And you're beautiful too." You know, right. because it, it's and I don't mean and I don't mean that just to be saying it, just to be saying it. They are beautiful. I mean, you're beautiful to actually um, can look at me and can see beauty in me. Right. Then I think that's beauty in you for you to be able to see that in me Absolutely. and really mean it. I mean, the Absolutely. girls are really meaning it. And I said, that's so beautiful of you. Thank you. You're beautiful, too. So yeah, I, I think we're in a, a different mindset where. We look at people that may look different than us mm-hmm. and we are seeing, you know, the beauty in them mm-hmm. um, and honestly seeing that and, and whether it's in somebody's size, whether it's in somebody's height, like our skin condition, right? whether it's somebody that, who may have um, a health condition and let's say he or she has lost all their hair or something we see the beauty in the people, you know, and I think it's good for all of us to know that, that people are seeing who we are inside internally, not saying, Ooh, your skin is now there are some, and and I've had this discussion in another podcast and Mm -hmm. um, there are some people who they, they are, they're fascinated with our skin, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's different. Let, let's mm-hmm. be honest. If we walk mm-hmm. in a room with 40 people, mm-hmm. who's going to stand out? Yeah, maybe we the are. person <laughs> over there, maybe this person, but we're going to stand out because we look different. Right. You know, but we should also stand out because we are different, not yeah. because of looks, but how there we conduct go. ourselves, how we. Yeah. Um, treat others you know i, I think mm-hmm. that is the biggest thing um because because i do understand when you mentioned um that people see vitiligo now as an opportunity to model and there's nothing wrong with that you no know? it's nothing that, wrong with that if that's Absolutely. what you want to do right but also I, i'm kind of on the, the the plateau that you're on where with my podcast i don't want you to actually see me and i'm glad it's radio Mm -hmm. i want you to hear the (laughs) message you know i want you to know or hear what i'm saying and get something from that or maybe somebody else gets something from it to say you know what i understand what he or she is saying on that podcast and and i really like that it makes me feel good because we're visual people and sometimes we look at what looks good to us Mm -hmm. but we miss the message and i think with the radio podcast you have to hear the message and then later you can find out what the person looks like. Great. That's but, good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and really, and I've had this discussion with another member. I said, you know, I'm not in it for followers. I'm not in it for the number of likes. I'm in it right. for the message. You know, mm-hmm. I can bring mm-hmm. something new to our community. If I can bring a message of uh, uh, that makes somebody think in our community or even outside the community, because I feel like our podcasts are not just for us. It's for any and everybody. You know, I feel like then I'm serving my purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, I also do another podcast, which is called Living Life and Love at Night. Mm -hmm. It's very short, 
but I kind of give my thoughts on different topics. And I, and I express to the listeners, it's my thoughts, my opinions. It's not the thoughts and opinions of it friends or anybody else on the board. Mm-hmm. It's just me, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I understand, you know, we may not always agree on what I think, but I just mm-hmm. kind of want to share. And, and it brings up some other topics. Like I may have one coming up soon. I've just been too tired to do it. But I've been thinking <laughs> about it. And, and what, what, and I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm not going to give it away yet. But it's something I, I think that it's going to resonate with someone out there. It may mm. not resonate with everyone, but mm-hmm. someone's going to get the message and say thank cool. you, even if I never hear it. Mm-hmm. At least somebody's going to say thank you. Yeah, and, and I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with this podcast. Well, we're going to wrap things up, but before we go, I want you to give one word or a couple of words of advice to someone out there, whether it's man, woman, child, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Some words of encouragement to somebody out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, I say when you wake up in the morning each day, be thankful that you are alive and able to breathe and just um, can and, and can just enjoy another day of living, and also know that you make a difference in being alive and and being here on this earth, and as can breathe, like I said, and you can move, you can have your being. Um, remember that you're loved. You know, um, someone loves you and that someone, number one, is the one who made you and fashioned and formed you. <laughs> and that's God above. And, you know, you're loved no matter who you are and no matter where you're finding yourself right now. You are loved and love yourself because when you can love yourself, then you can love others. You can look beyond anything that disturbs you about them because you don't you don't always be around somebody that one person or anyone all the time you know because there's time when you have to be by yourself so just love yourself you know and 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 then you will find that when you love others because you love yourself then you're going to be fine wherever you are and in whatever you're having to face you, you don't have to face it alone. I can say that much. Just try it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Powerful words. Um, Tanya, I want to thank you for joining my show. For my oh, listeners. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Wanna, you're welcome. For my listeners, I want to thank you for listening in. And, you know, it. what you just said coincides with how I end every show. I always mm-hmm. say, make sure you love someone. But most of all, Make sure you look at that mirror or when you take that selfie and tell that person you're looking at, I love you. Very important. You have been listening to another episode of Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton. This podcast was sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. 